Fantastic. Thank you so much. Grab a seat. It's nice to be here once again with the good-looking people of Kapiti. <clears throat> they went out all around Kapiti and they found all the best-looking people and they brought them to the 1115 service. Don't tell the other service I said that. Yeah, this is definitely the good-looking church. <clears throat> um, just a couple of quick words I just wanted to share. Helen, God's going to take you deeper in the Word. There's coming a teaching anointing on your life. And uh, Gia, you're going deeper in worship. That's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> um, it's great to be here. Warm welcome from Manukau New Life and from, uh, like uh, Pastor Neil said, you know, it's just a joy to be here, to bless you guys and to serve you. I felt this, this service, it's funny, you just feel different things in different services. I felt something quite unique in this service here. I felt the power of God. The power of God is, is wanting to be released in some of our lives here today. The Holy Spirit wants to release His power through us. There's a strength and a power in the anointing. And uh, particularly for, um, for some of the young people, but for some of us old people too, amen? God, will release, God wants to release His power into our lives today. And so there's, a, there's an anointing in the Holy Spirit. Let me read to you here from Genesis chapter 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit moved. He came and He began to shape and He began to move. You know, this is, this, this is typical of many of our lives, where we were without shape, where there was, there was a darkness, there was a void, there was something lacking and missing in our lives, and the Holy Spirit comes and begins to move upon our lives. And then God spoke so you have the Spirit of God moving and the Word of God speaking and light was created and, and plants were created and animals were created and life began to be established upon the face of the planet as the Spirit of God moved. I'm here today to tell you that God wants to move in you and through you and touch the world around you if you will allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life. Over the last season of our lives, the Holy Spirit's been really taking, I've always been a Holy Spirit guy. From when I was about 10 years old, I just asked God one day, can I speak in tongues like those guys in that meeting are? I was sitting outside on a platform and I just started speaking in tongues, went and played soccer with my mates and thought, that's cool. That was it for me. Some people struggle. For me, it was really easy. And I know for other people, it's, it's a bit of a challenge. But for me, moving in the Spirit has never been hard. It's something that God's put on my life. But I, I was saying, God, I want more than this. I want to learn how to, how to, to grow deeper. And, and so God began to talk to me about this word move. You've got to learn to move, what it, what it means to move in the Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, that you shall receive power. There's that word, power. Come on, say power this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to release power upon some of our lives. And he, when he comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. There is a moving, there's a shifting from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. There's a, a shift the Holy Spirit brings in our lives when he comes upon us. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant. He doesn't want us to be the same. He wants to move us. God wants to move you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God wants to move you. Come on. He wants to move you today. Ezekiel, Ezekiel has this vision in uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, and he, he sees this river that comes out from under the altar, out of the place of worship, out of the place of sacrifice, 
there is a river released. And this, this river goes out under the, the threshold, under the door, and it flows towards the east. And it, wherever this river goes, there's life. There's, there's, there's trees that are suddenly that were withered and dead that are coming alive. And there's, there's fish found in the river. There's people that are finding food in the river. There's fishermen that are catching fish, which speaks of salvations, that are found where the river of God flows. So often in our lives, we want to see that life. We want to see God do that new thing. We want to see the, the, the Holy Spirit. You know, we want, we want that abundance, that blessing. We want to see God move and do stuff through us. But often we want to do that void of the Holy Spirit. We have to understand it's the river of God. It's the Holy Spirit that brings that life out there beyond the doors, out into the community. The Holy Spirit wants to move through you and me. You know, that as that river goes, it gets deeper. There's a, that, that water goes from being shallow to deeper. And, and the deeper a river gets, the, the stronger the current is and the, the more defined, the more power there is in that water. When it's ankle deep, you know, it's, it's nice to play in. And some of us here have loved to play and just dabble in the Holy Spirit. We spoke in tongues once or we, we went to a meeting once and we experienced a little bit of the Holy Spirit. But we haven't kind of made it a, a daily thing. We haven't made it something that we're regular in. But the Holy Spirit wants us to go from ankle deep to knee deep. The angel took the prophet a thousand cubits and he said, the water was up to my knees. And then another thousand and it was up to my waist. You know, I grew up in, uh, in Canterbury and uh, I remember playing in the rivers. And this one day I'm walking across the, the river and it was up to my knees. And there's this big hole I didn't know was there. Where suddenly I stepped into this hole and it was right over my head. And I dropped everything that I had and I'm just swimming, just trying to get out of there. I thought I was going to drown. You know, when the river's flowing and it's over your head, it's pretty scary, isn't it? But the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to trust Him and take us somewhere that we've never been before. And as a church, and I'm here to stir you up today, we've been trying to, we're saying, Holy Spirit, take us deeper. Take us deeper, not just in here, but take us deeper out there. Take us deeper and lead us by your Spirit. And so we've been trying to just, just say, God, teach us how to be led by your Spirit out there in the marketplace, out there on the street, out there in our schoolyard, out there in our workplace. Lord, help us to, to, be, to know when you're speaking to us and help us to be effective in how we minister to people out there. So I want to just uh, invite my beautiful wife, Susie, up this morning, who's going to share a uh, testimony from uh, her life of how God did that. So put your hands together for her. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to share some of the adventures I've been having with the Holy Spirit. I've had a, a few days like this, but one day in particular, uh, I, I've been really encouraged to have, you know, a stronger prayer life in the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, okay, praying in tongues. Like when you, this is my understanding. When you pray in tongues, you bring what's on, what's in heaven down to earth. And now that's what I want to do every time I'm, you know, praying in tongues. And, and I'm so, but a context, I have, we have seven children. And so it's pretty mad in the morning, you know, I, have, I get to have my quiet time and then I, you know, I brace myself and then just get out there with, to the kids and start waking them up, Shakalanda, wake up baby, you know. And um, I'm like praying in tongues while I'm making lunches and choosing what to wear. That's a word for somebody out there. Just like, Lord, what to wear? But, you know, um, 
I just believe God wants to guide our day. So I'm pretty stressed. I just got back from four days at conference, and so I had a lot of work to do. Uh, but, you know, I had this one day to do it all in, and I've got some other things on the go. But I, I just submit that to the Lord. And the first thing that was um, on the schedule, take Grace to her orientation day. So she's my youngest. She's five years old. We go to her school. And I'm, I'm just, like, in the door. And then the receptionist and the um, principal's PA are like, come here, Susie, just, you need to come here. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, point me to this office. Like, get in there. And I'm like, okay. And so I, I walk into the office, and there's my chairperson who I'm on the board with. And she's in tears. She's just like, uh, in, you know, total distress. I'm like, what's going on? She's sitting there. So I just give her a big hug, and I embrace her. And I just feel, you know, to give her just love. And um, she explains to me that her son tried to commit suicide that Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know, well, I'm so glad I'm here. And the, the, the PA and the reception, they're like, so glad you're lucky you're here, you know, <laughs> because I can pray for her and they, they know that I have a faith. So they're like, just do your thing, do your thing. And um, so I'm able to just give her encouragement and I can encourage her. You know, if I hadn't been there that day, she wouldn't have told me. She, she would never let, let on, but she happened to be there. She broke down. And, and so I get the opportunity. To, wow, thank you, Lord. And then I walk out, and my Mormon friend says, can you come and pray for me? And she's, she wants some prayer too. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's pray together. And then I walk a little further, and the principal's like, Susie, Susie, I need, to, I need to talk to you about some stuff. And he's stressed and anxious about things. So I talk to him and just calm him down. I feel like this is my job. <laughs> this, is, this is the river. <laughs> and, you know, I think, okay, this is, thank you, Lord. Awesome. Then I go to church because I've got to do some stuff in the office. When I walk past the soup kitchen, I'm like, have some conversations. So I sit down and I start talking to a new lady. And it turns out that her boy is a new entrant in the same class as my Gracie. <laughs> and, and she's like, is it a good school? Is it okay? Do you think it's... I'm like, I'm on the board. Come and talk to me if you have any needs. And so I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm such a blessing to people today. <laughs> but it's all the Holy Spirit. It's all the Lord. And so, you know, I, I, like I said, got work to do. Two hours I have. Four days' work gets churned out just like that. You know, God gives me some ideas. People ring me, and I'm like, oh, I wanted to ring you. And so I get to deal with things and, and sort things out. It's like, thank you, Lord. You know, when I put my focus on you, you do everything else, and you do it way better than I could ever engineer. So God's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. That's awesome. I, I just, I love that, and I love that testimony because it's, it's not in church, it's out there. Susie's dropping the kids off at school, and the Holy Spirit's going, oh, hold on, I've got a plan here for you to minister to some people. You know, and so often we, we're just hearing testimonies now of people going, you know what, I'm, I'm starting to hear what God's saying, and I'm starting to pray for people, and, and they're going, man, how many times did I miss it before? Because I was just too busy, I was just rushing, I was too, you know, and I missed what God was wanting to do in that moment. It was probably the most important thing she did all day. She had all this work, but no, this person, this lady who's had her son just about take his life and is just breaking down. She gets to be there, right there. That lady doesn't go to church. That lady doesn't have anyone else around, but she's the river touching her life right there. You and I could do that. You and I could pray for someone. You and I could give a hug. You and I could encourage somebody. Come on. You could be there. They might not have had something that dramatic, but they might be struggling with the flu, and you might be able to pray that God will help them through that. You know what I mean? 
right there in the supermarket, oh, you could be the person that prays for them. You could be the river of God. You could go, well, I'm going to step out from my ankles to my knees right now, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to, to learn to do. So I, I'm talking to God about this, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, how do we move more effectively in the Spirit? How do I, you're moving, you're, you're, you know, you want me to, to flow, and I want to learn how to do that. How do I do that? And so the Holy Spirit began to teach me and talk to me about God emotions, about learning to tune into this, these things He would stir up on the inside of me. Now, I've been in church for a while, and I've heard people talk about emotions before, and generally it's in a negative context. Generally it's in, you don't want to be led by your feelings, but by the facts, you know, by what the truth says. And so I, I've kind of learned to, you know, turn down my emotions and just do what the Word of God says. That's what I, how I want to be led. And there's some truth to that because often if we're led by our fleshly emotions, we can get angry and hurt people. We can do all sorts of dumb things if we're just led by the emotions in our flesh. But as we are sanctified, as we grow in God, and as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts, He begins to restore us body, soul, and spirit. He begins to work on that part of us. We are not just a spirit. We actually have a soul. We are actually a whole being. And so God begins to work on us, and God begins to restore and heal us. And we, and we discover that when the Holy Spirit comes upon our lives, He actually often touches our emotions. So He comes on us, and you see people that are being touched by the Holy Spirit, and some, not all, begin to cry. Some begin to laugh. Some begin to feel the love. They say, I feel the love of God. It's just like, wow, I can experience His love, and I, I feel it. It's, it's almost tangible around me right now. And we see that the fruits of the Spirit are actually love, joy, peace. And when the Holy Spirit comes in the New Testament, He often comes with, with joy. People begin to experience the supernatural joy. And so God said to me, you've got to learn to, to sense when I'm moving upon you. One of the indicators will be that you'll feel something. You'll feel this thing inside of you. And I said, okay, God, but you know, for my kind of manly brain who doesn't like to get too emotional or carried away, you better show me this in Scripture here somewhere so that I can, you know, see that this is actually legitimate. And so I began to sort of read the Word and began to study this a little bit a few weeks ago. And I read this passage here in Mark chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And he, Jesus, entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, everyone say anger. Did you read that? Jesus got angry. Jesus got angry at something here. Now, we were thinking, whoa, Jesus got angry. I thought he wasn't supposed to sin. How does that fit? Well, he got angry with a godly anger. He looked around and he saw what was in the room. He saw the accusing spirit. He saw what was happening in his society. And something of a godly righteous anger began to well up within him. And he was grieved. He felt this grief and this anger by the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And then the Pharisees went out and tried to plot to kill him. Jesus saw the, the accusing 
spirit that was within them and something inside of him grieved at that and, and the Holy Spirit moved within him to do a miracle in that guy's life. This man's been suffering. This man's had a, had a withered hand and you're the men of God here and you're supposed to fix this, but you're so caught up in your rules and in your, what you're doing over here that you're, you're accusing people and you haven't actually released life to this man. He got angry at what he saw and the Spirit of God moved within him to bring life to that guy. Maybe you'll get angry at something. Maybe you get angry at what you see happening in the society that's around you. And you begin to speak into that in a way that incorporates wisdom and life. Maybe you get angry at sickness that's continuing to harass somebody in your family. And so you get angry at that. You begin to pray, God, I want that sickness driven out. And the Spirit of God so stirs within you with such a warrior, fiery spirit that as you're praying, you pray in tongues and you see something begin to shift and move in that person's life for health and life. Come on today, there's, a, there's something that God wants to stir within us. Some of us have felt this at times, but we've been a little bit afraid to, to go there. Another emotion that Jesus was often feeling as the Spirit of God would stir him was compassion. In Mark chapter 1, he said, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. I think that, you know, God wants to stir us with compassion sometimes. We look at a situation, we look at a family, we look at an individual, and we feel this compassion. We feel this, man, I, I, feel, I feel compassion for what they're going through right now. Have you ever said that? I, I, I feel for what they're going through. That's an indication. That's a, doot, doot, doot. That's a signal from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you feel something because you're supposed to do something. I'm trying to stir you up here to move. The river needs to move. Don't go, I feel something. Oh, well, I'll sit here. No, you're feeling something. It's a God thing you're feeling. So the river's got to move. Next question is, be okay, God, what do I got to do? I got I to gotta go from ankle deep to knee deep here. I got to step out into the river and I got I to gotta pray. Do I have to encourage? Do I have to send an email? Do I have to message them on Facebook and, and you know, declare something in the Spirit? Give me a promise, God, that I can send them. I got to be. I got to do. It's the Holy Spirit stirring us up today. He's stirring us up. Let me tell you a story about my, my, uh, my son, Micah. He's, he's nine years old, and uh, he, he feels compassion. We have a photo of him here with his sisters. That's Grace on the right, and uh, she's just started going to school. She's the youngest in our family, but she thinks she's the boss. Anybody else have someone like that in their family? They're like the youngest, but they, I don't know, just, just one in every family that thinks they're the boss. I still remember when she was literally two years old, she could hardly stand up. And um, she told her big brother, who was about 15 at the time, get me that. And he just looked at her like, whatever, I'm not your slave. So she's standing up on his knees. She started laying into him, just, get me it. I thought, whoa, we're going to have challenges with this one, you know. She doesn't have a lot of compassion, that one. But Micah there, he, he's, a, he's got a real compassionate heart. If you meet Micah, he's, he's loved by a lot of people in our church just because he's got a big heart. And, and, and Micah um, comes home from school. I think it was this day when Grace went to school, or sometime around there, a couple of weeks ago. 
And um, oh, it was Monday, so it was my day off, and I was home, and he comes home, he goes, hey, Dad. I said, hey, son, how was your day at school? And he goes, oh, it was all right. I went to school. One of my friends got picked on by some bullies, and uh, I told the teacher, but he got beat up. So I went over, and I prayed for him, and now he's better. And I was like, what? And he's just like, yeah, it was a cool day. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I thought, that is awesome, son. That's awesome. Like a nine-year-old only can say it, and then just kind of, yeah, see you later. I'm going to play computer games now. Um, I, I thought, that's really cool. That's my son, and he's nine years old, and he has compassion for someone, and he prays for someone, and someone gets healed. Someone gets better. I'm thinking, man, if he can do that, come on, church, we can do that. You and I can do that. Come on, let's get stirred up. Let's get hungry. We, we, we're not, you know, just needing to read about what happened in the Bible. God wants to bring this book alive in our lives. Come on. You can have a story. You want to have testimonies of what God did in your life. You're not too young. You're not too old. God's not finished with you. You haven't sinned too much to stop the Holy Spirit moving through you. The blood of Jesus can wash away your sin, can cleanse you. God wants to get you out there and get you moving, get the river alive in this community. Amen? You've got to move from your place of faith. God began to speak to me about moving from my place of faith. I said, Lord, I want to be more effective when I pray for people to be healed. I, I pray for lots of people to be healed, and I've seen some get healed. But God, I want to, how do I be more effective in seeing people get healed? And the Holy Spirit just dropped this thought into me. He said, you've got to pray from your place of faith. And I was like, huh, my place of faith? What's my place of faith? And I thought about it like this. You know, when an army invades a new land, the army goes out and they invade this new territory. Think about World War II. When the, the Allies came and invaded Europe, they came to the beaches of France. And they, what they do is they establish a beachhead. They establish a stronghold. And to take that beach, to take that stronghold costs a lot. There's a lot of lives that get lost. There's a big expense in establishing that new beachhead there. And so from that beachhead, you then advance into that territory that you're, you're wanting to take. And so God said to me, you know what? There are people, my, my, my children have these beachheads in their lives. You have a beachhead. You have a place of faith. It costs you a lot. It was something that you've been through a few battles in, and you have established a place of faith in your life. And when you stand in that place of faith, and when you pray in that place of faith, you know God in that place, and you have authority in that place to pray. Instead of going over here and trying to establish a new beach here, God said to me, stand in that place. And I was like, well, where's my, where's my place of faith? And I, I thought, you know what? I've been talking to Susie about this, and I said, you know, my place of faith is provision. We, we, we run Christmas in the park in our town, and I, I used to help the guy, uh, one of the other ministers in our town run it before, and they were always running out of money. And no word of a lie, when I took over running that, the first year, the local board said, here's $20,000 to run the Christmas in the park. And every year since, they've said, here's $20,000 to run an outreach in your community. I'm, a, I'm like, that's really cool, God. I want to, share, want to share with you tonight another story of God's miraculous provision, how He's provided for us in our life. But I just said to Susie, I said, yeah, it's amazing in our lives. 
You know, when I, I left my job at uh, Air New Zealand and I, I took on a youth pastor salary, and, and how we now own houses and land, I'm thinking, how did this happen? There's, a, there's an anointing on our lives for provision, I can tell you that. So I know God's my provider. I, I know when I pray God provide, it's going to happen. And God said to me, now, when you pray for healings, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray, God, provide a healing. I know you as provider. I want you to provide a healing in that situation. And I, and I began to pray for people to be healed, praying like that. Where's your place of faith? Where's the place where you know God has a stronghold in your life? Abraham. He knew God as provider. If you look at Abraham's life, he was a man, and I'm probably talking about him because I relate to him, who God said, go out to this new territory, go out to this new land that I will show you. And so Abraham went out to this new land and God provided for him. And then God said, I'll provide a son for you. And God provided a son for him. There was a test. There was a, there was a period of time where he had, to, he had to go through some stuff. And then God said to him, you know, I'm going to provide land and cattle and all this stuff. And he, he was rich. He was blessed. And there came this day where there was a test in Abraham's life where God said to him, go and offer up your son, your only son. And he went and he took Isaac. And they're, they're journeying towards where they are to offer him. And he hasn't told Isaac who the offering is here. And Isaac says to his dad, dad, we got the wood, but where's the offering? And God, Abraham says to his son, God will provide. I know God's the provider. He will provide. And sure enough, they get there and the, and the rams caught in the thicket. And Abraham says, ah, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I know the Lord is my provider. Look up on the screen here. There's some of the names of God. Let me read them out to you. And I wonder if you know God as one of these. Do you know God as provider? Do you know the Lord that heals? Do you know the Lord's your victory? You've been through stuff, but you know God has brought you into victory. Do you know the Lord that sanctifies, the one that purifies, and He's been working on your life? Do you know the Lord who is your peace? You go through stuff now, and you carry peace because you've, you, you've, you've known what it is to go through trouble, but to come out the other side. Do you know the Lord of hosts, the warrior God? Do you know the Lord Most High, the one that is to be exalted in worship? Do you know the Lord who is your shepherd, who, who leads you beside the still waters and gives you the green pastures? Or do you know the Lord, your maker, the creative God, the one who made the heavens and the earth? Do you know the Lord who is your righteousness, the one who has washed away all your sin and made you holy and righteous? Do you know the Lord who is ever-present? What do you know? Who do you know of God? When you look at this list here, pray from that place. Maybe you know the Lord as the maker, the Lord our maker, the one who made the heavens and the earth. So when you're praying for somebody who, who needs a healing, then you want to pray from that place of, God, I pray that you would release a creative miracle in this situation. God, I pray you would, you would open a door because you are able to make the heavens and the earth. So release that creative miracle into this person's life. Maybe you know God is the God of peace. Father, I pray that you would release peace into this troubled waters. Release peace into the turmoil that's going on in this person's body right now. Whatever is your place of faith, stand in that place and pray from that place. Does that make sense this morning? Do you get that? Allow the Holy Spirit to stir you and then begin to pray from that place.
Let me just close by saying this. We need to pray towards the promises of God. This is why it's so important for us to know God's Word. Because when the Spirit of God and the Word of God come together, there is power that is released to bring freedom to captives, to break chains off people's arms, and to let them go free. As we declare God's Word and we pray in accordance with God's Word as we're led by the Spirit, we'll be amazed at what happens, church. We'll be amazed. Come on this morning. I I believe God wants to stir a hunger in our hearts today. He wants us to be hungry for more, thirsty for more. There's more that God has for you. Sir, there's more that He has for you than what you've experienced right now. Man, there's more that God has for you today. It's time that we are the church of God allowed Him to take us beyond where we're at and into that future that He has for us. Amen? There are, there are gifts in the Spirit. The Bible talks about gifts in the Spirit. The gifts of healing. The gifts of the Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. I believe some of us have gifts that we haven't unwrapped yet. I kind of got the gift underneath the Christmas tree from last year. And you've left it up there, and you have allowed that gift to sit dormant in your life. Imagine with me, I'm a dad with these kids. We have all these Christmas presents for all the kids. And I say to the kids, kids, this year we're doing something different. We're going to take the presents, and we're going to appreciate the wrapping paper. We're going to put the presents up there and look at them every day and acknowledge and love the fact that we were given this gift with this amazing wrapping paper. There'd be a riot in my house. There'd be a riot. There'd be a rebellion. It'd be terrible. There'd be people, you know, getting upset all over the place because the kids aren't interested so much in the wrapping paper. They're interested in the gift. And they want to get that gift and they want to use it. They want to play with it. They want to do something with it, yeah? Some of us have gifts that you've left under the Christmas tree. And heaven's looking down. The angels are looking down going, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Why aren't they using the gifts the Holy Spirit gave? Come on. Let him stir you this morning. Let the Spirit of God stir your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to move through you and pray through you and bless somebody. Be the river of God that releases His power. Be moved by the Spirit of God today, church. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? I want to pray with you today that the Holy Spirit would stir your hearts, move upon you today. Before I do that, I want to just give an opportunity for anybody here that needs to get their life right with Jesus. If you know Jesus...